We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome into another episode of Our Stories, the KC Sports Network podcast on women's sports in Kansas City. We have had some ridiculously awesome guests on this show, and today is no exception. You know, the women we've talked to over the last couple of months have been Trailblazers, pioneers, just pushing the needle forward for women everywhere. And Carmen Doremus Kinley is just the perfect example of that, making history just last week. Carmen, welcome on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is really so an excited. honor. Thank oh, you. Thank, I'm just so excited to have you here. I mean, just two weeks ago, uh, Carmen was the first woman to serve as a head football referee in Kansas State high school football history. That was the Wamigo Clearwater game. Uh, I actually know Wamigo really well. I covered them in my last TV market. Okay. Yes. Um, so they're super good. Uh, how was that game? How did it go? How was that experience, you know, making history? Yeah, so it didn't really hit me, I think, probably until that morning. I tried to stay really, really busy. Uh, and then getting there at the school, uh, getting dressed, and then, of course, uh, having news stations um, there and having to answer questions and having to be mic'd up and already nerves and knowing that I had the field mic. Uh, so a, a lot of nerves, but it was such an amazing opportunity. Uh, very honored to have uh, been given that opportunity to do that. And um, everyone was so gracious and supportive. And, you know, I there's really no words on how to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. When did you find out you would be doing this? Uh, so there was talk at the beginning um, of the summer, and I wasn't really sure. And uh, and then it really, as our 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 schedules came out, uh, there you know, I was like, hey, you know, do you want this opportunity? And I was like, absolutely. I mean, that's not really knowing, you know, the the gravity, I guess, of how big that was. Uh, just knowing that, you know, they were giving me this opportunity that that they believed in me. Uh, that I could do this. And absolutely. Um, so it was probably the end of summer, uh, beginning of fall when we got our season. Yeah. So at that point, did you know that you would be the first woman to ever do this in Kansas? So yeah, they, um, that's when everyone, because uh, I guess they had had some meetings and they wanted to make sure that, 
uh, this was indeed, you know, history. And uh, when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, like, that's really big. Like, uh, you know, that being the first and um, just very like, wow, like they're really still no words for it. There really aren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it's so incredible. And we were able to talk um, gosh, about this time last year for another series I was doing um, at the last TV station. I was at WIW in Topeka. Yes. And um, since then, you are now president of the Greater Wichita Officials Association. Congratulations. Thank so you. Cool. Thank um, you. Can, can we talk a little bit about, I guess, what got you into officiating in the first place? When was kind of the first time uh, you decided, you know, that's the career path you wanted to take? So I played sports all through high school and then I was a college athlete. Uh, and so sports have always been a part of my life. And, you know, I didn't want to not have them in my life. Um, and so after I got out of graduate school and I had moved, a neighbor had said, hey, uh, you know, have you thought about officiating? And I was like, uh, no, not really. I mean, that's the important part of the game, but I never even thought about it. And so he got me started in volleyball um, in West Virginia and, you know, and just took it just took off. Um, so I started with volleyball and then got started in basketball. And then, of course, when I moved back to Kansas, uh, continued uh, with both of those sports. And then uh, a few years ago, my husband said, hey, you ready to do football? And so I was like, for sure. I mean, why not? I need another challenge. So let's do it. Yeah, I love that mindset. Um I guess what what went into that process of becoming certified to be a football official official uh, here in Kansas specifically? So it's it's really um, for all sports um, with the Kansas State High School Activities Association. Uh, you have to register, um, and then you uh, that you know they send you book, your rule books, and you have to take a test, and you have a rules meeting, and then you have some area supervisors meetings where uh, those are really helpful because you're you know, meeting with other officials, uh, you're going over maybe rule changes or things during the season, uh, watching some film video of, you know, games, especially in football. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, we, wa we watch film, we watch video. It's not just uh, we go out, on, you know, we get our uniforms and we go out on the field. Um, I know for uh, me and, and the ones around me, uh, you know, we are very vested, invested in making sure that we're doing it the right way, that we're studying the rules and we're following the philosophy and watching game film and and knowing, you know, the right uh, plays and formations and um, everything. I mean, it's it's more than just walking out there on the field. There's so much more time put in it. And I think sometimes people forget that, um, that the ones that are truly, truly trying to make a difference and give those kids the most consistent, best experience, um, you know, we're really putting in a lot of time in that. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, because I know there's been an official shortage, right? I know in Kansas, I'm assuming that's a national yes. problem. Yes. Um, I guess, where's the meaning behind it for you, like in terms of giving back to these kids and like making sure, you know, you, you think about um, like all the pieces needed, like the coaches and the facilities, but without officials, I mean, I've seen games canceled recently because yes. of official shortages. Yeah. So I think, uh, of course, COVID kind of played yeah. a little bit of role in that um, where people, you know, when games weren't happening and they were at home with their families, they realized, you know what, 
we don't want to do this anymore. You know, we want to spend time with our families or there's other activities that we want to do or, uh, you know, we want to go on vacations or we want to uh, enjoy the collegiate experience or maybe their kids were playing. And so, you know, we lost um, some to that. And I think others just, you know, whether it's um, the fans or the coaches or even maybe some of the players where that I feel like maybe the attitudes have changed towards officials um, and it's a little bit more um I think in all in all aspects, because maybe because of COVID, uh, people are a little bit more outspoken now. Uh, and so I think that has turned a lot of people off of it, too, because, you know, they don't want to be yelled at. They don't want, uh, you know, they don't want that, you know, just that negativity, I guess you could say. Um, and being an official, I mean, you do have to have a little bit of a thick skin. You do have to, make, you know, not take those statements, you know, if there's. Some a coach asking a question, of course, answer the question. But if they're yelling at you or a, a very emphatic statement, you know, coach, what do you need? Um, you know, do you have a question kind of thing? So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. So you've been doing football for, I'm sorry, did you say four years now? Yes. Yeah, so I've been doing high school football for four years. Yes. Okay. Have you been, obviously, this is a historically male dominated area. Um, has that added to, you know, any like reception you've faced? Has that, has being a woman in this field added any pressure to what you're doing? That's a, that's a great question and using the word pressure. So yeah. um, as you know, you want to be the best. Um, so I want to be the best. Uh, and being a female, I have to work harder because I didn't play football. You know, I have to, I have to be bigger, stronger, faster. <laughs> Uh, then my male counterpart parts, knowing the rules, um, always learning, always watching film, always making sure I'm asking the right questions. Um, I have a great support system. Um, those, my husband, our friends, our, my crews, um, my family for supporting me. You know, I surround myself with people that they want me to succeed and I want them to succeed. So we're always helping each other. Um, so I think that has a, you know, a good place to be that I, I need that support because there, there are, um, some, you know, I face comments a lot. Um, sometimes, and sometimes I just have to turn the other way because, you know, maybe they don't realize they, they're making it personal and yeah. that's, that's, they, they're not realizing it because, you know, I'm a female and I'm the one that's different, although I'm just an official and I want to be seen as just an official. Um, I don't want to be, you know, oh, there's that girl or, you know, that ref is a you know girl unless it's in a positive connotation. Um, so I just have to make sure I keep my attitude positive that I'm out there and that um, I do the best job that I can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about um, so I interviewed for the Title IX series I did last year. Um, I interviewed you and you were fantastic. And I also talked to Becky Endicott, who was a longtime uh, administrator for Wichita State. And she told me a story I'll never forget, which is uh, she was on an all-female crew, I think at a state basketball tournament in Kansas. And they walked out onto the court at the start of the game and got booed. Instantly, oh, wow. I hadn't even made a single call just because they were women officiating, got booed. And I asked her what year that was, thinking it would be way prior to when it actually was. It was 1991. Um, and so I, we've come a long way since then, but it's just like so disappointing sometimes how 
how women can be perceived in sports. Um, and one thing I love that you've said before on an interview, I think with me, was um, something about, and I'm paraphrasing, being the first. Hopefully you're the, you're glad you're the first, but hopefully there's a time where there's no more first for women. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that was with you. Um, yeah. yeah, I fully believe that. You know, um, I'm the first female president of the Greater Wichita Association as well. Um, and that's not what I'm, I don't want to be the first, right? Like, I just want to be someone that uh, I want to make sure that our officials are trained effectively and efficiently and they're consistent and they have the great right mechanics, but also that we are a voice that, you know, we, we are there for each other. And uh, I, I hope there's a time where there's no more firsts, right? You know, it's 2022. Um, you say that story, uh, 2019, I believe I was, there was a gentleman in the stands during a football game that told me to get back in the kitchen. Uh, so it's, I mean, it was 2019. So yeah. I think that we've made a long ways, um, a long, but have, I mean, I hope we have, but there, I think there's still, uh, always going to be, you know, that perception. Um, and again, I just want to be an official. I just want to be like my crew that I'm just because I'm female. Don't make me female. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. It makes perfect sense. God, when you say that, it's like, I want to say, I can't believe it, but I can is the prize. The disappointing thing. Um, and I, I think the, like, there's been so much support and it's important to focus on that, but yeah, there's, there's comments like that all the time, which are super disappointing. I think about, so I was the first woman sports director at WIBW, which is a CBS affiliate in Topeka, and which cannot speak highly enough about that place. They are fantastic. But when I found out I was the first woman to hold that job, I think like the first couple of days I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm the first woman. And then I had that same kind of realization, which is like, man, why did it take this long? You know, like I started in 2020. Um, so that comment, when you, when you got that in 2019, how do you handle those? How do you approach that kind of uh, idiocy? Is that about <laughs> right? The yeah. lunatics? I mean, <laughs> yeah. At that time, I just I I shake my head and I kind of yeah. laugh and kind of like, okay, you know, kind of like I mean, it was from the stands and I I ignore it. Although yeah. I I heard it right. I'm not gonna. There's not gonna be really any reaction. I'm not gonna yell back. Um, it's just. You, you, I take that moment and I'm like, oh, wow, like that's where we are, you know, and then I just kind of shook it off and I did my job, you know, yeah. didn't even think anything of it until later when I was like, hey, did you hear that guy? And they're like, yeah, we can't believe you said that. And yeah. so it's kind of like, wow, like, and well, that what was bothers me too, is like, there's, there's so many young girls in the stands who heard that too, you know, it's not just going directly to you. Like, that's just, that's disappointing. Right. And and that's, I mean, I think sometimes parents and fans forget that our children are sponges and whatever we say or do, whether we know or we, you know, we may just be talking and not even realize it. They are a sponge and they are going to emulate what we say and do. And if we're that person that's in the stands and they're negative to the officials, then what is that child going to grow up to be as well? And so yeah. I think that's where, uh, you know, it's a culture of change and we need that culture to, to in schools, in, um, you know, in 
major sports, yes, it's it's entertainment, right? We're paying to be entertained. I think in high school sports, it's a little bit dif- different because, you know, these kids may never play again and they want that experience, but we need to have be a positive experience. It needs to be about the kids. It doesn't need to be about the parents or the coaches or the officials. It needs to be about the kids. And I think that's where a lot of people forget that. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't have said that any better. Um, talking about how kids are sponges, what do you hope, um, you know, the young girls in the stands at be it a basketball game or a volleyball game or a football game, specifically, you know, two weeks ago when you were wearing the white hat, what do you hope they get from, you know, watching you doing your job and blazing a trail as, as a woman in this field? Yeah, I mean, if if they want to be an official or if they really if they want to do anything that they want to do, even if it's yeah. in a male dominated field, then do it like. Um, I had a I had a mom reach out and say, you know what, we're going to be at the game and I cannot wait to show my daughter that it's a female under that white hat. And that just meant so much um, because there's so much opportunity for us. And I get emotional because there is there is so much opportunity for us and it doesn't have to be about gender. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. I, I can tell you're obviously emotional. What does that mean to you? I guess, what does it mean knowing that those young girls are looking at you and having the role model that, you know, you, you didn't have? You know, I, I, um, I had a lot of coaches, of course, my mom, you know, very strong woman, my grandmother, very strong uh, role models that, you know, my mom, uh, you know, she she did what she, you know, she was very strong. She, you know, whatever she did, um, and I think that's where I got a lot of it because I knew that I could do whatever I want, whatever I set my mind to. Um, so very strong, very independent. Um, I work hard, both my mom and my dad, uh, you know, work, you can work hard and you, you can do whatever you want to do, you know? Um, and so still working hard, still uh, worrying about uh, making sure we're doing it the right way. Uh, whether it's officiating or being a parent, you know, um, being a daughter, a sister, a granddaughter, um, just, I don't know, being positive and, and spreading, spreading that positivity. And, and that, I don't even know if that answered your question, but I feel like, yeah, (laughs) um, there, you know, I try and, I try and stay positive even sometimes when the world is dark, um, because I want to make sure that, uh, at least maybe there's a there's a little girl or um, even one of the athletes on the on the court. If I can be positive and maybe be that moment of positivity or sunshine for them, maybe it will resonate and that they know that um, maybe they don't get a lot of playing time. But that one moment I made them feel special. And that's really what it's about. And I know you have a young son as well. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have a ten-year-old. How do you hope? following this career path and, you know, breaking down doors inspires him as well, you know, as a, as a young boy growing up. You know, he was so cute because he saw one of my interviews uh, that I, where I talked about him uh, and he thought that was awesome. He's like, oh my gosh, you talked about me on TV. Um, He's like, mommy, but he heard, he heard what I said. He said, mommy, so I can be whatever I want to be. I can do whatever I want to do. And I was like, absolutely, buddy. You know, whatever you want to do when you grow up, you work hard, you be kind, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. And uh, I think that was, 
I think that was really awesome because he was listening and he realized that, wow, you know, like, and for me, I was like, wow, like he did, he was paying attention uh, to what I said. And and he thought that was the greatest thing ever. And then um, he thought it was so cool at the game uh, that every time I had to say, come over the loudspeaker, whether it was a penalty or something. And he was like, wow, that's my mommy, you know, like my mommy's talking. Um, and then he was like, uh, in the car the other day, he said, Oh, can I, do you think I could be a white hat one day? I was like, absolutely. If you want to. And so, uh, my husband's white hat was in my car and he's like, can I wear this? And I was like, yep. And so he put it on and he wore it in the ride, the ride home. So like I said, kids are sponges. And if we can try and, and be positive and, and, and everything that we do, then hopefully they'll be positive and, and grow up to be kind and, and, you know, uh, loving and, you know, work hard. Yeah. I don't have kids, but I imagine that moment as a mom had to be incredible, right? Hearing your son saying those things after watching, you know, what you've been doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but do you feel like additional pressure to get everything right because there are more eyes on you, if that makes sense? Because like, I think, I think a lot of it for me was internalized, but I felt like I could never mispronounce a name. I could never like get a score wrong. And and again, a lot of that pressure wasn't external, but I always felt like since I was blazing a trail or, you know, setting an example, there was no room for error. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and a lot, I put that pressure on myself, um, because I want to get it right. Um, because like I said, I have to be bigger, faster, stronger, um, because I am a female, um, because I want to be the best at what I'm doing and where I'm at. And once again, not because I'm a female, but because I'm an official, yeah. Um, I want to be the best in the position I am and, and in and then of where I'm at now. I want to be the best. Yeah. Um, 
So that, you know, work, working hard, watching lots of film, um, you know, asking questions. Uh, so it, it's, it's a lot of hard work and, uh, but I, I want to be the best in what I'm doing. And so I know you're also, um, are you still working in the Jayhawk conference as well? I am. So I'm still, um, yeah, I'm full-time in the Jayhawk. And then we also support the KCAC. Um, the, and then, uh, so yes, um, we are going in week eight, I think, week nine. Um, so yes, that's uh, been uh, learning every every day, every game, uh, working hard. Um, I love my crew. They're great. They're so supportive. Um, you know, we work hard every every weekend. Um, you know, it's it's what we're dedicated to, and uh, people don't realize how much time we we dedicate um, to doing this profession. Yeah. Yeah. When did the uh, opportunity come about to, to work at the college level? Um, so last year, um, I was, you know, people had, hey, do you want to do college? And I'm like, well, I'm still working on high school, you know, uh, trying to master that. And they're like, hey, why don't you go to camp, um, you know, and give it a shot? And so I had been going to camps. I've been going um several camps, uh, just because the opportunity to learn, uh, you know, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to learn from the best. There's so many, so many great people around the state of Kansas that come back and dedicate their time, um, to camps. And so, uh, I took the opportunity to go to the Jayhawk camp and I got hired full time. And so, uh, of course, went back this uh, this year. Um, the camp is every year, and so back right on, you know, back on with my crew. And um, didn't ever think one that I'd be a football official. Uh, two, didn't think I'd ever be a college football official. So it's been a great journey, and yeah, having the opportunity and having the support has been great. So I know there's, I hope there's young women who are. Uh, aspiring to, you know, go into officiating, maybe listen to this, or maybe a parent is listening to this whose kid has expressed interest in this. Um, so one on that, I'm just curious, what does your typical week look like, you know, Monday through Sunday? So um, during football season, gosh, yeah. So we, there's a lot, I would say um, before the season, I let's go, I would say let's go after a game because right. there's a lot that happens. So of course there's game day. Um, so we'll start there, go Sunday and then back to game day. Cause there's a lot. Um, so you have your game and, uh, then you, uh, so if you, if you throw any flags, of course we have to record those. Um, and so then we, uh, go through all our penalties. Uh, we write those down, we write, you know, so we have a description and everything. And then we have a software system that we have to input those in. Um, so that's, that's usually Saturday, Saturday night um, when our game is Sunday. We make sure everything's in there and then we get our game film. So the school will provide the game film. And this is kind of this is college that I'm kind of talking about. High school yeah. is kind of the same way. College. Um, so Sunday, uh, we when we get our film, um, either Sunday or Monday, just depends. And then, of course, um, we have to make sure when we go in, we put play play numbers in the software system. And then that way, because we get 
um, someone always evaluates us. That's how we get better. Um, and so then it's just breaking down film. Uh, for me, you know, I'm on the line of scrimmage, so I'm going to watch that film. I'm going to watch my spots. How, how, how did I do in my spots? How consistent, um, you know, positioning, mechanics. I mean, there's so many things. Watching yourself um, is, is one thing that will make you better because you don't really know what you're, you know, one, you don't know what you don't know or you don't know what you're doing if you don't watch. Um, so that's, that's usually, uh, usually discussing, uh, I'm discussing plays as soon as we get film. Hey, um, you know, what do you think about this? You know, our crew, we're talking, um, what do you think? And then of course, throughout the week, still watching. And, but then that's when we turn, usually turn towards the next game. So we, um, you know, we're okay. Who do we have? You know, what's our matchups? Um, I'm still, uh, I'm getting in a game mode where uh, I'm probably still watching film. Still, if I can find film, you know, watching formations, uh, watching, um, you know, how they set up um, defenses, all different kinds of things. So that that goes on all during the week. Um, we may have a crew call. We may have a league call um, or we're going over plays from the previous week. Um, and then our crew call, we're getting ready for the next game. And then because I do both high school and college, we're lucky because uh, with the with Kansas State High School Activities Association and the GWA, um, we were able to get where high school games are actually recorded and we can get the game film as well. So we also, I know my crew and uh, several crews do the same thing where they get the film and then they break down the film. Okay, let's let's look at, let's look at our penalties. Let's look at, you know, did we miss anything? What could we have done better? And so we do, we're doing that too during, I'm doing that during the week. Um, so kind of two, two different roles and, you know, there are different rules. So I have to make sure that what I do on Friday, I don't do on Saturday if it's different. Um, and then just preparing for Friday night, um, game night, um, you know, getting that mindset and being the best for those kids that night. And then, of course, Saturday, depending on where we're going, um, we always uh, do our travel arrangements. Um, you know, who's who's bringing if anybody needs to bring anything. And then, um, you know, game day, getting to the site. We have um, we have, you know, done things during the week, but we do pregame again. Uh, we get with our you know positions Our working with our. Um, if I'm line of scrimmage, then I'm working with my deep wing. Um, what can we do? What are we going to do today to be better and be the best, you know, team on the field? And then, of course, as a crew. And then, of course, we go out there and then it's game day. And then we do the same thing again. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And that so was a NFL long not just showing up. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> awesome. You have to cut that out. But cut no, that that's out. Perfect. Um, so in a nutshell for fans, it's not just put on the stripes and walk out onto the, onto the field. Right. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's as little things as then. Uh, so I have, I have two sets of uniforms. I have my high school uniform and then I have my college uniform. So of course those have to be washed. Those have to be washed. And then those have to be packed. I have to make sure all my equipment is right. I have to make sure my, my shoes are clean um, you know, those get clean before they even get put back in the bag. Um, 
do I have enough batteries for my radio? You know, am I going to, uh, got to prepare, you know, all my equipment, my equipment cards, you know, does my writing utensil, do I need a new one? You know, there's all these things, uh, that come into, uh, come into for, for game day. Um, and so we're trying to get as many of those things done. So then on game day, we can just focus on game day. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. You just gave me like flashbacks to like going to basketball tournaments when you were a kid and you like forgot your shoes or something and like very visceral memory there. Um, so uh, this last year, this summer was the 50th anniversary of title nine. And I think that's been really important in like bringing a lot of these conversations back up and, so I wrote my master's thesis on Title IX in 2018 and then did a year-long series from 2020 to 2021. And through all these conversations I've had, I think one of the biggest themes has been celebrating how far we've come, but also taking stock of how far we have to go, of people yelling, get back in the kitchen at a game in 2019. Where would you like to see progress made in your specific field of officiating for women? You know, I think we we have came a lot, a long way in officiating from the aspect of the officiating world. Um, because, you know, there are more females, there's more females in basketball. Of course, there's more females in volleyball, um, you know, not so many in, in football. Uh, but I think, I think it's, it's like I said earlier, it's the culture you know, that culture of change for fans, for coaches, for players um, to know that if if someone is, you know, if it's a if it's a, a boys high school game and, and you have a female official that shows up, you know, they're if they've been assigned that game, that assigner or that commissioner believes that they they're there for a reason, that they have the ability to do the job and do it and do it well. And I think that's where it's not just, um, you know, because we're female and that just that we're just officials and we just want to be seen as officials and that it doesn't matter. It doesn't come down to gender. If we're prepared, if we've done our homework, if we've done everything we can to be the best, it shouldn't matter what gender we are. Yeah. Perfect. Perfectly said. I, uh, you know, I, I play college basketball. I know you play college sports as well. And like a big part of my passion behind these conversations is basketball brought a lot to my life, not just in terms of like playing the sport was fun, which it obviously was, but it brought me all the people in my life. Most of the opportunities I've had, you know, my education was officiating, I guess, brought to you in terms of your life. And, uh, you know, why is it so important for women to have this opportunity? Is I mean, it brought me my husband. <laughs> yeah, that's um, big. Yeah. You know, that's kind of big. <laughs> um, I have so many friends. Um, my my son has, you know, our officiating world is is extended family. So, you know, I I only have one sister, I only have one niece. And so um him to be able to have extended family where, you know, he treats them as aunts or uncles and you know, and their children and um, just that camaraderie of people. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's what's so, I don't know, fascinating and amazing is that I may not have, I may not know what I called, you know, um, two weeks ago, but I remember, you know, the conversation or the drive home 
um, because, you know, we we laughed and we're we are a family and uh, and it's the stories and it's those things that I think uh, being an official, because there's so many crazy stories. There's so many amazing opportunities. I mean, here, you know, meeting you and having the opportunity to to be on a podcast. I mean, who would have thought? Thank I mean, you for coming on the show. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. Um, meeting meeting so many people and having so many opportunities. Uh, it's just it's been amazing. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been a journey and there's highs and there's lows. Um, there's more highs than lows, but it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know what my life would be like without officiating um, because it's important. I mean, and I've, I feel like I've fully embraced that. And like I said, you know, having meeting, not necessarily meeting, but um, with my husband and just having that opportunity, um, you know, being with the Greater Wichita's Efficient Association, um, you know, being the president. I mean, who would have thought um, to have oh, that yes. opportunity? <laughs> awesome. No, yeah. I mean, it's just, there's so many things that have came from this that are amazing. Um, and I, I know that you said with progress, I think there's so much more that we can do um, and that we can, we can pay not necessarily pave the way because there's so many, there's so many fascinating and amazing females that have came before me. Um, you know, and if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. Um, and so they need all the dedication and they need, they deserve all that recognition because, you know, they, they, they probably had to go through it a lot worse than where we are to get yeah. us to this point. Yeah. And so I think, one, they definitely deserve all the recognition um, for everything they've done where where I can even be staying sitting here um talking to you about this. Um, so that's, you know, the, I think when you ask that question, progress, it, we we so much progress. Um, yeah. So that's I think that's important to recognize. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, yeah. We're standing on the shoulders of so many women who have come before us. And I think it's our job to pick up the torch and keep going. And you mentioned the the women who came before us. Brenda Van Langen, who came on the show last week, is doing a really cool project called If Not For Them. And I think you use like almost oh, those wow. exact words. When you're yeah, it's it's incredible. She's documenting the history of women's basketball. So ifnotforthem.com. Go check that out, everyone. Um, 
And, and you mentioned all of that officiating has brought to you in your life. I know that by doing what you're doing, there is a young girl in the stands who sees you and says, I can do that. It's hard to want to do something when you don't see yourself doing it, if that makes sense. See someone who looks like you doing it. Um, you know, Tamika Dixon came on the show a couple months ago. Uh, if you don't know, she was a um, superstar at KU and ended up being a WNBA champion and all-star and, you know, all these things. And growing up, she, I tell the story all the time, she uh, wanted to be the first woman in the NBA, not because she didn't want to play in the WNBA, but because the WNBA didn't exist. Um, so she was part of the inaugural draft class, became, you know, the face, one of the faces of the WNBA in its early years. And so when I was growing up in, you know, Lenexa, Kansas, in the early 2000s, I could want to be Tamika Dixon someday, you know, so it, it's so powerful to break down that door. And that's what you're doing in officiating. And you know, for women, period. So what is your advice to the young girl in the stands who's looking down and saying, hey, that I could do that someday? Yeah, just, you know, um, I, I mean, I hope that someone has said that. I hope that someone recognizes that and uh, and just, hey, if you are, you know, there is no limit to what you can do. You know, if you work hard, uh, if you're kind, you know, that's that's the key too. I think, you know, being kind, being positive, working hard. Um, those are the keys to success. Um, and that if you want to be whatever you want to be, then go for it. You know, make sure that you are getting a mentor. I think a lot, you know, being young, if there's a teacher or someone that um, that can mentor you or you and then if you're you're playing sports or if not, even if you don't play sports, um, you know, my my son has a condition where he can never play a contact sport. So as being an athlete, my husband's an athlete, you know, that's kind of like, oh, OK, that's kind of a gut check because, you know, he'll he'll never play football. Um, you know, he may never play basketball because, you know, he can't. And yeah. so but that doesn't mean that he can't be a coach, that he can't be a trainer, that he can't be. Uh, an administrator or an owner, you know, maybe he wants to be an owner. Um, and so uh, that's what I'm always going to encourage is that whatever you want to do, um, you know, go do it. And hopefully you surround yourself with people that truly support you. Yeah. Awesome. The last question I have for you is when I try to end every show on, which is the story or the story, this podcast is called our stories. So if there's one key message, one, um, theme, I guess, people take away from your worst story, what would you want that to be? Gosh, um, I would say, you know, probably the same message that I've been saying this whole time. Um, kindness, spread kindness, be positive, uh, keep working hard. I mean, there's going to be highs and lows, and that's with life. Uh, just keep working hard. Just um, surround yourself with good people, ask questions, and, you know, whatever you do, whatever you want to do, um, you know, just keep working hard and, and you can do it. Um, and, you know, there's really no limit to what someone can do if they really, truly want to do that. I think if I had a dollar every time I said this is my last question and then I asked like several more, we would be rich uh, because I do have another one. What What is the um, dream like in your career? Like what what's. What are you trying to do from here, I guess? Uh, you know, I, I want to be the best at the level I'm at. And then whatever happens, happens. So yeah. I want to be the best where I'm at. 
And, you know, um, I'm going to keep working hard. I'm going to keep learning because, you know, if we stop learning, then how can we keep growing? Right. So uh, I just I really want to be the best with with where I'm at. And then we'll see what happens. Well, Kansas is lucky to have you. Uh, we are lucky to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time today. And uh, if you're ever in Kansas City, let me know. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.